behalf of San Francisco Ballet, I'd like to welcome you to the War Memorial Opera House and the Meet the Artist program. I'm Cheryl Osola, a writer for San Francisco Ballet and editor-in-chief of Dance Studio Life magazine. And I am honored to have as my guest today, principal dancer Pascal Mola. Bonjour. <laughs> For the benefit of our podcast listeners, today is Sunday, March 20th, 2016. Happy first day of spring, everyone. So um, today you're going to see uh, two of my favorite ballets, which couldn't be more different from each other. I hope you love them as much as I do. Before we start our chat, I just wanted to give you a little bit of information. Many of the podcasts, uh, sorry, many of the Meet the Artist interviews are available via podcast at our website, sfballet.org. And if you go there, you'll find all kinds of other interesting things like dancer bios, casting information, program notes, education programs, upcoming events, and the um, company's blog, Open Studio 455. You can also connect with us online in various ways, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And um, the last thing I want to say is that we will have a little bit of time at the end of our conversation for questions from you, so you can start to think about those. So as some of you know, Pascal is retiring this season, which is a great loss to the company. <laughs> Yes, groaning is very appropriate. <laughs> um, so I, I remember very well his early days with the company. He came here in 2002 as a soloist, and immediately I just knew he was going to be an incredible asset to the company. And obviously, artistic director Helgi Thomason thought so too. He promoted him to principal dancer a year later and has choreographed on him many, many times. Um, Pascal just brings uh, not only a crystalline technique, but deep emotion and intelligence to every role he dances, uh, whether it's uh, pure classicism, neoclassical, contemporary work, or, or character roles like Hilarion and Giselle or Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet. Um, it's, uh, you know... <laughs> yes, he's just said, don't be emotional, and I am being emotional. I'm sorry about that. So, so watching him um, in, in Swimmer, which is on your program today, uh, I keep telling myself, you know, he can't retire because he's just dancing so beautifully. But he has plans, and, uh, and it's time for a transition. So um, I never do this, but Pascal, because this is your last Meet the Artist interview, I'm giving you permission to hijack it. If there's anything you want to talk about that I don't ask you, then you just go for it. <laughs> if you've just come in, I'm chatting with principal dancer Pascal Mala. So let's start with talking about swimmers, since they're going to be seeing that today. Um, you dance one of the three principal men out of the 15 who are uh, really embodiments of the swimmer himself. And it's a very visceral, powerful piece of choreography, maybe one of the, the most visceral I've ever seen. So could you talk to us a little bit just about, about creating that and about what it's like to dance? 
Well, with Yuri, it's always a, a new experience when you work with him because if you had the chance to see uh, <clears throat> many of his work, uh, none of his work looked like the, the, the one before. And he has always like some amazing ideas. So like, I don't know, from diving to lilac, to Raku, uh, to uh, studying motion, to the swimmer, uh, with Yuri, you have always like new step to discover with him. And as a dancer, uh, it's so um, amazing to explore such a big vocabulary that he has in mind and to also like be up to the challenge with what he's asking to us. Um, this afternoon, uh, in the swimmer, you were speaking about this big finale with all the men. And... Um, it's so powerful. The music of Shinji Eshima is so powerful that for us dancer is just a delight to do uh, that little men's section, which always like is very much appreciated by the audience. <laughs> so uh, with Yuri, it's always a pleasure to work with him, and even more than that, because he's so passionate about what he's doing, and also so clever and and have so much imagination that uh, he nourish the dancers uh, the best way possible. Do you remember, what was the first ballet of Yuri's that you did? I think the first ballet I did was Magritte Magna. Ah, yes. Well, right, that was his first for the company. Yes. And uh, I didn't do the, the creation, but like when I arrived in 2002, uh, the reporter, uh, repertory season 2002-3, I think it was in it. And that's what I think the first uh, choreography of Fury I've done with Joan Boada mm -hmm. and Gennady Nedvegin. Both of whom are retiring yeah, we, this we season. We call us uh, just ourselves the three musketeers. <laughs> and so we're going to retire. So you have like new musketeers <laughs> coming up. So I, I got to be in, in, in some of the rehearsals for Swimmer, and mostly what I saw was working on that last section. It was a very extensive um, process of creation. Um, and it was, it was just fascinating to watch how Yuri sort of just incrementally built that section. Um, can you just talk a little bit about the, the process of that? The, the process with Yuri is pretty simple because... Um, he can still dance like we are dancing. So the thing is, is like when he's showing you a step, you cannot really go wrong. You know exactly what he has in mind. It's very articulate when he's showing it to you. So for us, it's easier like to try to reproduce and of course like put your own personal energy uh, into it because he's very open also to your own interpretation. He gives us always like a lot of freedom to uh, to do what we want to do with the step that we are doing. If it's not going toward like really his own test, he's going to tell us. But uh, most of the times, uh, or I would say all the times, he's really giving us like the the freedom of the interpretation, how we feel it, how what we understand from it, and how we want to execute it. So it's always like a, a very fun process. Even if always, like actually I'm speaking for myself, but like I know it's true also for other dancers. Um, technically, it's very challenging. 
but stamina wise <laughs> for always my parts are very very challenging he's always uh, pushing the limit and that's also what we like as a dancer you know to go beyond our own limit and once you succeed in that you uh, feel uh, you get like a big reward out of it and that's how also the dancer gets really fed and nourished that feeds perfectly into my next question. But first, wow. for you latecomers... That's great, uh, <laughs> because I don't know any of your questions. That's, That's right. <laughs> I did not prep him. Um, if you just came in, this is principal dancer uh, Pascal Mola. So, yeah, j just talking about, you know, you know what, what you get out of things. In looking back over the last 15 years, obviously, there are highlights, there are lowlights, but there's an arc um, from coming into this company and where you are now. And you're welcome to talk about the high points, but I'm kind of more interested in the low points. In, in, what, in what was difficult? What did you struggle with? And, and where did those struggles lead you? Actually, it's funny to, to say low points or high points because as a perspective, as a dancer, there is no high or low points. We are really here to defend the best as we can, the choreography that is given to us. And if we are like struggling about a choreography, uh, technically or artistically, that's what's become even more interesting for us. So the low points, if you want to call them like that, when you succeed to make them high points, that's where you are like a winner. And that's, I think every dancer is seeking for those, uh, for those moments. So I cannot really tell that I had high or low because when I'm going on stage, it's like I try to deliver 200% of myself. And by that process, for me, there is no low or high. It's I'm here like to present the best that I can, what has been given to me. And it's true that sometimes some choreographers are less inspired than some other, depending also on the day of when you come and create. And I think it's the part also of the dancer to try to nourish a communication with the choreographer. Even if the choreography at first doesn't seem that interesting, it can always be interesting if you are like playing with the music, with the phrase, and make like something that at first think may be very simple, make it like also can be very, can turn into very uh, sophisticated thing. And also the simple things are sometimes the hardest, but also can be the most beautiful thing too. Just like a soupir. You know, it's all the pose and the phrase, it's, it's so interesting for the dancer to have like very, very, a very good ear with the music. Because like I said, and I love this orchestra uh, with Martin as a, as a conductor, we have such a quality with this orchestra that um, they, they put you in your own journey when you are on stage. And like I say, most of the time, not most of the time, all the time, like the music is really 50% of my dance. And to be in symbiosis with it, that's where you get like the most of the impact for, for you, the audience. So being musical and, now, uh, and knowing how to play with the music is gonna make all the difference. And that's of course like 
part of your artistry that you need to have as a dancer. Like you, of course, need to be very musical, but need to be an actor, have a beautiful technique, and try to really give all the artistry that you have, knowing that you have to have like thoughts in your head, very clear, to make sure that your thought, what you want to say, is going to come to you, to on that up, up level, very far, far away, that everybody can get it. Okay, we all just got a really good life lesson. I'm stealing that one, yeah. If you just came in, I'm speaking with principal dancer Pascal Mola. So, transitioning. Um, in the last few years, you've been doing a lot of teaching, which I assume is gonna be part of your future. You've been teaching at San Francisco Ballet School and other schools in the community. What's most important to you in, in, in your role as teacher? I mean, Teaching, it's passing on all your experience, all what you learn from the other people who were surrounding you during all my career to try to explain, to be very didactic about uh, an exercise that you do, what is the point of the exercise, why we are doing it. It's also very important for me that students or even uh, company um, members understand what they need also for themselves, and to have, above all, a critical thinking about what they do. And it's also like, uh, when I was in Paris Opera, for example, uh, it's more like a military uh, school where you are just uh, told what you do. And they don't explain really what you need to do this. And since I've been educated like this, Okay, we just do it, you know, the discipline is very strict. You just do it and don't even really think the, the beginning and the ending of it, the whys. So um, it has a positive effect, but also I think the critical thinking for at very young age to try to ask yourself the good question is very important and this is very part of my teaching to make them understand why they are doing it and how, and to get like the most efficient, um, the most efficiency about what they do. So uh, I've been, like you said, teaching at the school. I also taught the company many times. Um, I'll start also to teach in the city. Uh, of course, I'm not very good at social media, but I'm gonna have to be much better than that. So, like, I'm trying to uh, creating my website now, and through Facebook too, I will, of course, uh, provide some information about that. Uh, just telling to the people what I'm gonna do after. But for sure, teaching will be will be part, just part of what I want to do because um, I have also, like, you know, collaborate with uh, Carrie Perloff, which is the the director of ACT, and we might have like some. Um, project for the future together. So it's one thing, uh, like you say, I, I, I love a lot the, um, all the character uh, roles that has been given to me. And the last one I did uh, a week ago, uh, Coppelius, was a lot of fun and I really appreciate it. So I will certainly like also take like some acting class at ACT to try to get more experience and go also a little bit that way. 
I have some other idea also for the city to uh, actually even develop um, movement program, dance program, but more for the little ones in schools. I think um, all the arts in school are represented, like music, uh, drawing, I mean, you name them, but uh, dance and movement are not uh, really in place in in any school. I mean, there is some dance program in few public schools, so I will try to, to go also in that path to, you know, it's like for me a year of exploration. So um, I will try to see if I'm good at this, I'm good at that, and try many different things. And um, why not also like maybe in the future, but this it's also like to find a, a place and try to create, a, like every big cities, major cities have their own ballet star gala. And actually we don't have any here in San Francisco. And we know that the San Francisco Ballet has a big season from December to May. But after that, uh, in terms of uh, big caliber, classical, modern, and contemporary dancing, we don't have anything from May till next December. So I have an idea to try to maybe develop one of those things, and why not also like maybe a competition for, uh, for pre-professional. It's uh, many ideas that I'm trying to walk my path. It's not that easy, but hopefully maybe one day it will happen. We'll see. Venture capitalists, take note. Um, so what about dancing? Do you think you might guest at all, or are you going to leave the dance stage for good? I mean, that, I, mean I'm, I don't think I'm going to look for guesting, but if uh, there is opportunity that interests me, uh, for sure, I will continue to dance, not on that big stage, but uh, if uh, for uh, even like non-profit organization, like I'm thinking about a, a gym for Dance Far, um, uh, if he's, some people asking me to dance a little bit like this, yeah, I mean, you know, I have a little different like um, film project too going on, so it's not on stage, but it will be taped, so two different ones that are also coming. So I cannot say, I mean, like, you know, when you are a dancer, it's not that because you retire, then suddenly you are not a dancer. You are a dancer for life. So with what you have, I mean, your capability to do, you know, and depending on your age, uh, movement and dancing is part of me. So it will not disappear from one day to another because I'm just retiring. But we'll see, you know, um, I will try through social media to let you know uh, about the latest news for myself and uh, if there is any opportunity coming that way, I will make sure that uh, San Francisco knows about it. Well, I, I'm sure that you also have some plans that don't have anything to do with, with dancing and work. Um, what, are you, what are you looking forward to having free time to do? My family, of course. You know, it's like uh, for 14 years, uh, what we do takes a lot of your time. And now that I have a, a little bit for, uh, more free time, I really uh, <laughs> take advantage to spend a lot of time with my family, with my son. I mean, you know, having a, a child um, gives you a, a different perspective about life, about what you do, about the dancing. 
I really believe since uh, Matisse came into my life, he's bringing me so much that I can actually bring back that on stage. So a different maturity, a different also approach about what uh, about like the dancing, but also about life. And you know, as a dancer, what you are experiencing in your life, if it's a rich life, you can of course put all those elements on stage too. And being happy to share them makes your dance richer. And so, yes, my family is a big inspiration for that. We are going to open this up to questions in just a moment. Um, we, we do have um, an extra performance coming up this season on a April 17th. It's a farewell performance for Pascal, Joanne, and Gennady. It's going to be wonderful. So are, are you at liberty to tell us a little bit about that or no? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't check with my boss. <laughs> But uh, we'll be, the three of us will be dancing one piece of Helgi, and I think this I can say, like Joanne's gonna dance uh, Romeo and Juliet, uh, Gennady's gonna dance uh, two beats, uh, and I'm gonna dance uh, one of the ballet that Helgi created on me, but who brought me from being unknown to a little bit more known. It was like my first apparition for the gala, he created Concerto Grosso. And so uh, I will dance it again, hopefully. <laughs> it was like almost 14 years ago, and it's such an uh, athletic ballet, so demanding technically and stamina. So I hope I will not disappoint anybody and be up to, uh, up to the level where I left it like a while ago. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. And Maybe also, like, uh, we'll see, it's like it's not completely Desmodine, but uh, uh, set, I mean, the program, but I might, um, as a little gift, um, give a little bit of, uh, a little choreography uh, that I made on the tango. It's not completely sure yet, but uh, that could be a, a good surprise. Electro tango. <laughs> All right. Okay, so if you have a question, please raise your hand. I do ask that one per person, and please keep them brief in this hand shot up over here. She commented on his performance as Hilarion, saying that it broke her heart and asked how he approaches uh, developing that character. This is a very interesting role because most of the time Hilarion is just portrayed as the villain, the, the bad guy who makes a big mess everywhere. But actually, if you really think about it, uh, he's just in love and his heart is just speaking. And when he discovers that <clears throat> Albrecht is not what he is, uh, he just want to tell the truth to uh, her loved one, to Giselle. Unfortunately for him, he has a bad karma. <laughs> <laughs> because he's not a bad guy, but uh, it's, I'm happy that I broke her heart in a way that it's really like um, the way I wanted to uh, paint him, in the way that he's just a peasant, and he's just thinking for love. And just because of that, he's going to die. Not good. <laughs> yes. 
she's commenting on the fact that uh, Yuri Posakov's ballet Raku is being filmed and wondered where in the process that is and whether a DVD might be available. So the, we uh, taped in last August all the ballet, but we really finished the production like actually a week ago because the last filming that we want to do, because it's gonna be the ballet, but also a documentary about it. And so last week, we had a dinner at Yuri's place, just speaking about Raku with all the protagonists, with Shinji Eshima, with uh, Yuri, uh, and the dancer, Damien, Yuan Yuan, and myself. And so we just finished to, uh, to do that uh, little dinner together where it was taped. So now it's in post-production. When exactly it's gonna be out, I don't have any clue about that, I have to admit. But once again, uh, with my uh, new website on the way, uh, <coughs> don't go now because there is just my picture. <laughs> but hopefully I'm gonna work on it and little by little I will like, provide all the information that I have on that too. Anyone else? Yes. Will you continue to take class after you retire? Oh yes, you know, it's, a, it's like having a religion. <laughs> Except if you lose the face. <laughs> but other than that, I will not say that maybe it will be every day, but it's uh, something that is part of us. So um, teaching is different than taking a class, but while teaching, you can also like, you know, showing the exercise the proper way can warm you up too. <laughs> I always finish a class uh, quite sweaty actually, so uh, yes, I will continue of course, time to time, N maybe not every day, but just for your own body, you know, to feel good. Yes. Is your son Matisse interested in studying dance? Of course, he's very exposed with me uh, to the dance world. He's coming to see uh, at least every show, not every show I'm doing, but every new piece for sure in the, in the audience. He had the chance also to be sometimes in the wings. Uh, he loves to see uh, Papa dance and all, uh, all everybody on stage. Um, I cannot say that classical will be his cup of tea but hip-hop, breakdancing, all those things, oh yes, he's into it, that's for sure. And of course, like maybe, I don't know if you know or not, but I started by breakdancing, Michael Jackson, and all the things, so he's very also inspired because I'm showing some move that like after he can show at school, you know? <laughs> Good move, Dad. There, there was a question right here. How do you take care of yourself physically in order to stay in shape? I mean, you give out almost like all the answer in your question by saying that, yeah, food, exercising the proper way, and sleep is like the, the three crucial things to be healthy, uh, especially with the output that it's been asked for the dancer. Like, like I said, like um, uh, the last two years has been, my program has been a little bit uh, lighter 
but when you have to dance a lot, it's a, um, you are always doing some stretching, making sure you are eating like the proper things to get the good gas in your body to make sure you can deliver uh, all what you want to deliver physically. So those three components, eating, exercising, but like stretching, how you prepare yourself, and sleeping is crucial for, I mean, we'll say everybody in life in general, even more for a dancer. Yes. Okay, um, if, it, if it's not too personal, she wondered if you want to talk about why you're retiring and also will the three musketeers appear after the 17th? <laughs> I assume you mean, yeah. yeah. So why they appear after the 17th? You mean yeah. in Onegi, in the last program? Pascal, Joan, Gennady, three musketeers. Yes. Okay. Uh, what led me to uh, my retirement, uh, of course, is age. I mean, I'm going, I mean, I'm not afraid to say it, but I'm going on 43 soon. So it's also time to uh, give some space to the new generation. But it's also uh, your body. I mean, like, um, I, I feel very confident and, and strong. Uh, I met <clears throat> one person, Lisa Giannoni, who is um, um, uh, a PT, but also like uh, when people are injured, are always going to what we call active care on Gary Street. And she developed also like uh, um, a system where you use your own body weight to make sure you have the strength and stamina. And I'm taking a lot of her class just to make sure on top of what we do that I stay healthy. And I will say, I want to stop also like uh, at the top. Uh, I don't want to pass like over the mountain and you know going down and sliding and trying to no. Uh, I want to have the fun, you know, and like deliver something that you are going to appreciate. And I don't want to go over that side, you know, and say, and I don't want like the, the audience to have pity of me seeing me dancing. So it's, uh, it's better to uh, stop when you are at the top and, and to leave you uh, the most beautiful image of uh, what I did during 14 years here. And you were asking like... Uh, Whether the three of you guys will perform together again? Yes. Really quickly, because we're out of time. Oh, if we are... Uh, <laughs> At the end of the farewell, we'll have a little piece where the three of us will dance together to finish the, the farewell performance. After that, uh, maybe as you know, like uh, Gennady Nedvegin, I got like a, a position as a director for Atlanta Ballet, which is phenomenal, and I know it's gonna, he's going to be so good at this. Uh, I know very well Gennady, and it's the perfect job description for him. And I think Joanne's going to uh, teach. I don't know if he will stay in the city or, or go somewhere else. Um, but to see us dancing, the three of us after that, I think it's going to be complicated. <laughs> but but, I'm sure but uh, Joanne and, and Gennady will dance in program eight in Onegin. I mean, um, 
personally, uh, Elgi asked me to do uh, Onegin, and I have to be frank uh, with you. I mean, not the, the Onegin role, the Grimin in the last, uh, last act. But uh, I think I really wanted to uh, finish with a farewell. And, uh, but Joanne and Gennady will perform in Onegin. And no question but that your paths will cross. I want to thank all of you for being here today. Enjoy the show. Thank you, Pascal. Thank you. My pleasure. Merci beaucoup. And I'll see you uh, on stage now. Thank you.